does bring joy and I have to say that there's quite a few tracks that have, have been released this year that bring joy. Mortal Man is a good example as well. Um, you know, Jeremy, I wanted to ask you, you you came back after massive touring at the beginning of this year and then boom, lockdown happened. What happened to your songwriting? What happened to the way you started creating music? I mean, in, in many ways, your, your, your career was 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 international you you know you it was more so there than here in a lot of ways yeah for sure we definitely we'd spent many years trying to forge a path for yeah. african music i suppose to get into all these different places and that meant we had to go back to them so yeah we we toured every year the states every year europe uh, most years down to australia and new zealand as well yeah. and just went back and back and built those audiences and it was a labor of love and cost us a lot of money and time and it was very very difficult to just see that all taken away in a sense we had our biggest year um, this year we had some real breakthroughs as far as massive festivals we were playing we got some headline slots and some uh, dream festivals really so yeah. there was a lot there was a lot of loss and uh, a lot to adapt to we were definitely i was definitely one of those people in the boat where we um we lost a lot with uh, the lockdown rules yeah. But, um, you know, to be honest, I was also, I, I was tired. I'd been touring for years. And like you say, it, I spent sometimes more than half my year on the road. And that doesn't, you know, it's not glamorous. It's uh, <laughs> hotel rooms and tour buses yeah. and um, close quarters with uh, your band and um, not being at home. So what was beautiful about this year is that it, it forced me to let go of the, that ambition to kind of, get South African music buzzing on the international scene and just to step back from it and relax. And I've spent a lot of time gardening and <laughs> a lot of time with my dog and my girlfriend yeah. and um, fishing yeah. and doing all these things that I love to do, surfing, but yeah. that I, I, I seldom have all that much time to do. Yeah. So, um, my garden is looking beautiful. So I want, to, I want to um, talk to you about gardening. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge gardener, but I love the idea always of gardening. I love the idea of like that you plant something and then it just, the seed grows to strength. And I've just come back from doing this incredible hike um, in the Western Cape called the Green Mountain Trail. And one of the things that struck me was just how diverse plant life can be. And I wondered... What have you been gardening? Is it fruits? Is it vegetables? Is it plants? What is it? Well, they're all plants, but yeah, is it a, flowering plants? It's a mix, <laughs> for sure. It's a mix. I mean, uh, I've got a few different gardening things going on in my life. Uh, yeah. One is in my home, as far as my, my home garden, where I'm mostly focused on uh, vegetables that will grow in the different like, places. So I'm, I'm quite into like potting and um, finding plants to coexist in potting spaces that we can use in the kitchen. Um, and in that sense, we have lots of spinach and mint and basil and ch- 
chives and even beetroots and things that are usable. And then um, in the garden, I just plant as most mostly indigenous. Really, I'm not I'm not a huge flower person, so I couldn't tell you about that. But yeah. I, I plant a lot of indigenous, and I also really enjoy the like you're saying the idea of kind of planting things young. I, I mess around with cuttings of certain plants, yeah. which is a nice way to um, yeah to to grow things quickly and skip the, the process of seeding, yeah. which can take time. Um, but then the other thing is the big food drive, which is a, a project we put together. Yes. Uh, we started during lockdown as a way to support vulnerable communities around Cape Town at the soup kitchens, you know, um, just with what was happening with hunger uh, in South Africa. And we put a fundraiser together and we raised almost a million rand, which was used for fresh produce. And I put partnerships together with local farmers. So I spent a lot of time dealing with our local Cape Town farms and then getting that produce trucked and quarantined and packed and sent to all the different soup kitchens in the, in the deep south, which is where I'm from. And that yeah. led me to a vegetable garden project, which is what we've done with the remainder of the funds. And we're actually building like a big 400 square meter thriving vegetable garden at one of the beneficiary schools that we worked with, a little school called Bongaletu uh, in Masipongalele. And it's got 200 kids there, and we've mapped out this vegetable garden, which is going to feed 200 children every day. And it's huge, and it's thriving, and it has multiple plant boxes and a big education station. And so I've spent a lot of time the last couple of months researching what vegetables to plant, which seasons, how we're going to rotate them, training up um, a garden hero or two garden heroes are going to be looking <laughs> after this garden. Yeah. It's been quite a process. Um, so I'm very into vegetables at the moment. That's my point, growing your own food. You know, Jeremy, I'm, I'm listening to, and I know that you, you, did, uh, you co-founded that Green Pop project a long time ago. Um, yes. But, but, and this, is, this seems to be a, a perfect outcome in many ways of that particular project as well. Um, I love this. Well, they're involved. Okay, great. I I've love, actually brought them on specifically yeah. for this. Yeah. You know, you, you, you talk about gardening and then you talk about the schools. And I suppose that one of the things about gardening is, and it does take us back to your music in many ways, is what one learns from gardening. And so when you do it at a school, you can use gardening to teach so many different things, biology, geography, maths, you know, creativity. I mean, there's so many different things that can be taught simply through the idea of gardening. Absolutely. And I wondered what gardening was teaching you as you went back into your studio. Yeah, well, I think like you're hinting at, it's got a lot to do with creation, hasn't it? It's got mm. to do with getting our hands dirty. It's, um, Participating. I, I certainly felt, I mean, Mortal Man spoke to this a lot, like you mentioned, Mortal Man, which was a song I released at the beginning of lockdown, yeah. uh, maybe in May. Um, and that was a song really, really dear to me. And it was um, a song largely written about like the struggle. You know, it wasn't just a, a joyous song. It was, um, it spoke to a lot of difficulty that I've, I've experienced in my own life and the, mm. the difficulty I've experienced in people's lives close to me. Uh, just the struggle with the existential punk of being alive, I suppose, which we all have to go through in various yeah. ways and various cycles in our life. And I've been going through a few of those. As I got into my 30s, I was like, sure, there's lots of existential funks here. They have to be had. And uh, Mortal Man was the song that came out of it, uh, which was my, my own search. And there's a line in the second verse which says, if you make it with your hands, you'll better understand. 
Hmm. Um, and I really believe that, like, if, uh, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious and there's plenty in my life that can create those emotions, I find huge uh, catharsis by getting my hands uh, busy. And in my, my world, that means generally picking up my guitar and potentially starting to write or make something. Uh, yeah. But it can also be planting uh, for people who could be cooking or making art or doing anything where you start with nothing, you use your hands, uh, which are kind of these manifestations of our minds, aren't they? Your hands yeah. kind of like exert your exert your your will, and uh, and then you make something, and that process seems to really help me cope uh, when things get tough. And yeah. so planting has been one of those things in lockdown, but certainly, like you say, music. I mean, it's uh, I've had my studio in my home, so my the ability to just jump on over up my room and into my studio has been a beautiful thing to be around for so long. You know, I was I was intrigued to read that uh, you had been working with Simone Felice um, from the Felice Brothers, who I absolutely love, but also who produced one of my favorite bands of all times, the Lumineers. And yeah. working remotely um, with him must have been a, a great opportunity, but also like, you know, the, the way COVID is going is like that remote working. Yeah, it was a little bit sad for me in one sense as well, uh, because uh, he's also, yeah, a bit of an, a bit of a hero of mine. Mm. Um, I love the Lumineers. I love a lot of, he's done a lot of good work and yeah. he, his studio. I mean, the thing with a lot of these producers, I've worked with a few amazing producers. Uh, this, I mean, the song now, uh, Till I Find You, I worked on the, the producer for the song was a guy called Tobias Kuhn. Yeah. He's a German guy from Berlin, and he's the guy who produced the first two Milky Chance albums. I don't know if you know them. Yes, but yeah. They're also a band that I really like. Yeah. Um, so I've, I kind of, for this album, went on a bit of a hunt uh, to find who are the best producers, or at least who are my dream producers. Who do I, who do I want helping me bring these songs yeah. to realization? Because a producer has a lot to do with the, the sonic palette and the microphones and the way that the thing ends up sounding, which is why the Lumineers sound so beautiful. You know, the, oh, love the, the Simone the spends thing, yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. yeah, he cares about the the way the acoustic guitar sounds. And, yeah. Um, so it was a beautiful thing that my 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 name, at least, um, my um, let's say the, the success I've had has opened the doors that I can at yeah. least work with people at that level because these producers are busy and they don't just work with any up-and-coming artists, they, they want to know that their efforts are going to be matched by a credible, you know, output. So um, it was amazing that Simone wanted to work together, but then to know that I was going to miss out and actually be in his studio, which is in uh, New York State, up in the Rockies. Yeah. Um, and there's a famous studio. It's had, like, uh, you know, he's one of the pictures that he had on the wall in the room that we, he was always sitting when, uh, when we were working together on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, was a picture of Jimi Hendrix with a big um, bow and arrow who had actually come up to the Rockies to go on like a spiritual hunting trip, his first hunting trip up by a big lake in the mountains and had worked in that studio and been with the studio people there. I, and I, I, I just couldn't, I was like, what a bizarre story. So, I hate the idea of Jimi Hendrix with a bow and arrow shooting animals. Not, I don't hate the idea, but I just can't even imagine that he could get that right. You know, 
Yeah, it is a bit. It's a bit strange to think, but I think maybe all I'm suggesting is that patient's history. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And it was tough for me to sit there, and I could see all the things. I could see these yeah. grand pianos in the back, and I could see all the different things. And in my studio here in Cape Town, it's a very humble studio. I've got some beautiful pieces of equipment as well. But essentially, um, it was yeah, it was Simone directing me and saying, "Okay, I want you to put the microphone like this next to your guitar." 10 centimeters away and uh, instead of me being there in the Rockies yeah. and uh, <laughs> going down to the lake myself <gasps> and being in yeah. that space. So a bit yeah. of loss, but at the same time, yeah, this is the, the, the new way and grateful that we could still get it done. You know, loss is such a powerful, I, I mean, I, I say this and it sounds glib, but I really don't mean it glibly, but it is such a powerful tool in many ways. And you've... you've For sure. You've referred to that very briefly, you know, when you speak about Mortal Man, and we'll play that in a moment. But um, certainly when you look at what you've been doing, in many ways, what you've been doing is, is cutting away um, at, at or stripping down, at um, losing. It's, you, you, there's, there's a powerful thing of losing things in order to get to something else. And I wondered, what have you lost in order to get to? Sure, that's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, this brand new song that you've just played has a line in that first verse which says, take these things away from me, the useless bits I'll never need. Yeah. Starve my breath so I'll be free. And then I won't stop, I won't stop until I find you. And I suppose the search for me has been the search for my center, the search for... Uh, serenity and calmness and I think in one in one way I've been well prepped for this lockdown because sure. the last five years of my life have felt a little bit like one massive wild pandemic you know it's um, minus the corona but the same sort of drama uh, trying to build this international career always having to use all the money we spend to fund the next big thing so lots of like financial risk continually, uh, lots of people's lives hanging in the balance in my uh, in my band and my broader team, and um, this continual kind of hustle and search as we've gone around the world taking music everywhere in an industry which really offers very little security. Yeah. And what I've lost is um, I've lost all of the yeah all of the, that momentum we were building to some extent, just came to a grinding halt. And uh, there was no way around that. And the band were all, you know, basically, um, we haven't played together in a year. <laughs> you know, it's, um, every, the livelihoods of everyone on my team were just kind of put on hold in a yeah. sense. So there was a lot of loss around career and I suppose what I imagined my identity to be. And I think a lot of people have, have dealt with exactly that, uh, yeah. the loss of, you know, your identity. What are you or who are you if yeah. you're not doing the job that you thought you were doing or uh, or if you've been fired from your job or you've been retrenched and you mm. now are not having that job at all like who who are you at your center like what what's your essence yeah. and um, I think that's what all this loss has opened up for sure it's just a harnessing of finding one's essence and to some extent that's really what Till I Found You is about you know it's not just a love song about finding someone else it's a song about finding your your core and from that place of knowing your own essence, being able to truly see others in their own essence. 
um, which could hopefully lead to some sort of real romantic love and not just all the, the madness you see out there in relationships. And not just the noise. Jeremy, I'm going to leave you with that. I think that that's a profound way to end it, actually. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always, uh, it's a real pleasure to talk to you and to listen to your music because you really do add something quite profound when it comes to thinking about what lyrics mean and why they're important to us as we certainly go through a time like this. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad we finally managed to do this. <laughs> it's worth mentioning to your listeners that you and I have been trying to have this conversation for many years now, haven't we? We have indeed, and it's a real pleasure to have finally done it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Jeremy Loops, and we're going to close off with the track Mortal Man and uh, just take into account the words that he has spoken a little earlier as well.